CBHDD is reminding people that the Georgia Crisis and Access Line can help those worried about opioid and stimulant misuse. The toll-free number is online and is active 24-7. More information at opioidresponse.info. Welcome to the Georgia Today podcast from GPB News. Today is Tuesday, January 2nd. I'm Peter Biello. On today's episode, state Republicans attempt to revive a prosecuting attorney's oversight commission, more fallout for Democrats over the new House district maps, and to help with your New Year's fitness resolutions, we talk with one of Peloton's most popular instructors. These stories and more are coming up on this edition of Georgia Today. Republican leaders in the state Senate are looking to get around a ruling by the state Supreme Court that blocked implementation of an oversight board for local prosecuting attorneys. The bill unveiled today would allow the Prosecuting Attorneys Qualifications Commission to set its own rules and regulations. Late last year, the state's highest court declined to set up the board's rules, saying it lacked the authority to do so. That effectively stopped the commission. Republicans created the commission last year as a way to sanction prosecutors in cities led by Democrats who they said were reluctant to prosecute certain crimes. Lawmakers are expected to tackle a ton of things as the General Assembly gets underway next week, among them crime and education. And as GPB Sarah Callis reports, one bill addresses those two things at the same time. House Bill 853, sponsored by Representative Eric Bell, would allow students with only nonviolent drug offense convictions to be eligible for the HOPE scholarship. Current law prohibits students with any criminal convictions from accessing the scholarship. Bell said that the bill was inspired by people he knew who were not able to access the scholarship. I just think we could be more compassionate, um, especially when we understand that drug addiction is not a criminal act. It's a it's a health care issue. House Bill 853 will be up for debate during the legislative session, which begins on January 8th. For GPB News, I'm Sarah Callis in Atlanta. Several new laws took effect in Georgia yesterday, and one of them will impact your paycheck. A billion-dollar election year tax cut became state law with the new year. For now, the phased-in tax cut sets the state income tax rate for 2024 at a flat 5.49%, down from the current 5.75%. The rate will continue to drop annually, arriving at 4.99% in 2029. Governor Brian Kemp announced last month that he plans to ask state lawmakers to speed up those reductions by one year. If lawmakers agree, the tax rate for this year will be 5.39%. Two Democratic members of the Georgia House have decided not to run for re-election. This after a federal judge last week upheld the new district maps passed by the Republicans in a special session last month. GOP leaders drew State Representative Greg Kennard of Lawrenceville and Doug Stoner of Smyrna into districts with other Democrats. Both said today they won't run against those Democrats. Kennard says he, quote, didn't have the heart to challenge Lawrenceville State Representative Sam Park, whom he called a mentor at the state capitol. They could have moved one precinct and salvage both of us. So I went to the speaker and to the chairman of uh, reapportionment and said, hey, you said this wasn't personal. Here's an easy fix that, you know, they wouldn't hear of it. So uh, it was intentional and it was calculated. They were trying to pick me off. Kennard and Stoner are the first lawmakers to announce they won't be seeking re-election after the maps were upheld. The new district lines added court-ordered majority black districts and keep the Republican advantage in the state House and Senate and Georgia's U.S. House delegation. 
Rivian Automotive announced today that it exceeded its own vehicle production expectations for 2023. The electric vehicle manufacturer said it produced more than 57,000 units last year, passing its goal by more than 3,000. However, Rivian shares took a tumble on Wall Street earlier today after the company reported fewer deliveries than the previous period. The company is building a manufacturing plant in Morgan and Walton counties, about 45 minutes east of Atlanta. Rivian says it plans to release fourth quarter earnings next month. The city of Valdosta is now accepting applications for its next round of community development block grants. The grants are meant to improve housing, public facilities, and infrastructure within the city. Qualified residents can apply until April 30th, and the application is available at valdostacity.com. Atlanta-based convenience store and gas station chain Racetrack has completed its acquisition of Gulf Oil. The company announced the completion last month after first announcing it in July. The deal includes approximately 1,100 branded locations. Racetrack is the 22nd largest privately held company in the United States, with nearly 800 retail locations and more than 10,000 employees. If you like hearing the news from around the state here on Georgia Today, you'll probably like hearing how Georgia's agriculture economy feeds the country and the world on A Fork in the Road. I'm David Zelski, and on The Fork in the Road podcast, we feature stories from Georgia's farmers, fishermen, merchants, artisans, chefs, and others who help provide Georgia-grown products to folks in the Peach State and beyond. Find it online at gpb.org slash podcasts or download it on your favorite podcast platform. It's the new year, and with that comes new fitness resolutions for many. Users of Peloton, the exercise machine slash social media company, can choose between what seems like an endless selection of workouts guided by friendly, funny, and fit instructors. One of the company's most popular instructors, with more than 287,000 Instagram followers, has roots right here in Georgia. Matt Wilpers is a Georgia State University grad who grew up in Marietta. I spoke with him back in August during the Peloton On Tour stop in Alpharetta. So how does it feel being back here in Atlanta? It feels so great to be back. Uh, the first thing I did this morning was go run in Piedmont Park. And of course, I ran into my colleague, John Hosking, uh, and we ended up doing a workout together around the Oval. And it just it's so awesome to go through Atlanta and see how how much Atlanta's progressed. And it's it's just always progressing. And it, it's really beautiful. I love it. Are there favorite spots you have to work out? You mentioned Piedmont Park. Is there a, a trail that you like to run or bike or, or somewhere else that, that you return to time and again? Oh, my goodness. Well, downtown Atlanta, obviously, Piedmont Park's amazing. And running through Atlanta, we used to do a lot of workouts down here. But then I also trained a lot at the Chattahoochee River. And there's a, there's a couple different entrances, including Soap Creek and, and also Columns Drive. But that was really what set the foundation for me in my running career. And uh, my mom actually got me on the bike there as well in Soap Creek. And that's how I got into cycling. And so she took us mountain biking on that on that on those trails to get us ready to go skiing with her because we, she told us we couldn't go skiing if, if we were unfit, and so she got us on the bike and 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 uh, put us through the paces. <laughs> when you were growing up here, did you ever have the sense that you'd make fitness your profession? You know, I didn't see it coming at all. To be honest, I just loved doing it, and I but I quickly realized, you know, during high school and then college that fitness was how I could really get through life, handle stresses, but also study. And it just became a way of just being able to control, you know, help manage my mindset, but also manage my body. And, and um, I, I never th- thought I'd see it becoming a profession. I thought I was going to become, uh, when I went to college, it was, I was talking about this earlier, I, 
this computer science or it was going to med school or it was becoming, you know, someone going into the business world. And after taking physics and a computer science class, I quickly realized that uh, (laughs) those were knocked out for. So I I focused on on business. Right. You were a CPA for a while. Yeah. Georgia State got my degree in in accounting and finance. And I I was pretty convinced I was going to eventually go into finance. Yeah, and, and how was it making the leap from from being an accountant to being uh, an instructor? Oh man, well, the, it wasn't a straight line. <laughs> it went, uh, you know, I was working on a bunch of startups on the side, fitness startups, and I just, you know, I just knew that accounting wasn't going to be an end all, be all for me. And I had kind of dabbled in going back to school to get my, you know, GMATs and go to get in heavier to finance, and I just realized I wanted to spend some time sort of exploring and and, and finding my true passion. And when I was coaching and working with people, that's really, really, really discovered my true passion. And that was all on the side happening while I was at, while I was an accountant. And uh, so I made the transition, worked on those startups in the fitness space, decided, you know, maybe it wasn't all it cracked up to be. And then I decided I was going to go to med school. And of course, while I was tr- doing all the classes to go to med school, the, uh, all the opportunities in the fitness space started really happening. And uh, eventually, they became too good to uh, to want to go any further with med school. So I, I, I made the jump. But it, it was tough because, you know, fitness, you know, is not necessarily like that traditional career path that most people take. And I always thought I was going to be the traditional career path kind of guy. And that's just not how the cards uh, fell for me. So here I am. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a Peloton class for you as the instructor is part workout, part performance. You're going to have, you're Correct. having to keep users engaged for, you know, you do those power zone endurance rides, those 90 minute classes. Yeah. And sometimes, and sometimes there's nobody in the studio with you. It's just you and a camera yeah. and, and producers. So how do you find that part of the job? Not just the, the doing something physical, but also like entertaining people through a camera. Well, you know, that's a great question because at the end of the day, like my goal is to get people to do what they need to be doing, but make it more fun and accessible. And I've spent a lot of time training as an athlete, but I've also spent a lot of time coaching. So I know both sides. And I know and I know that it's like, if you get the person invested in what they're doing, you remind them what they're doing, and then you structure their time appropriately, you can really make time fly by. And that's kind of my goal is, is to, you know, make quality training more accessible and more fun and engaging so that more people want to do it because I think that everyone wants to get results. So let's make that fun and engaging and informative because I know I used to teach in Central Park at like 5.30 in the morning and the only way I could get people to show up is if I put together a great workout that would help move the needle towards their goals. But I would try, you know, try to teach them something every time and make it fun and engaging. And I found that was really the recipe to get people to show up again and again and again at 5.30 in the morning. During your workouts, you often refer to food as fuel in your workouts. That's correct. So so for people trying to get in better shape, I mean, how much of the effort is, is going on in the kitchen and how much of it is going on in places like the gym? Oh, man. You, there's a saying, you cannot run the fork, <laughs> <laughs> which is so true. Uh, if nutrition's not dialed in, the rest of it's really going to be hard to make progress with. And I made this connection my freshman year of college. I used to you, know, you, you get to college, you have, you know, your parents been cooking for you your whole life. And then uh, all of a sudden you got to cook for yourself. And at Georgia State, they didn't really have a meal plan. So I was stuck having to cook for myself. So I was eating 
frozen pizzas and all kinds of junk. And eventually the, uh, the seniors took me out to the farmer's market and got me cooking and, and eating better nutrition and my performance gains and how I slept, everything improved. And so that's where I really made that connection. And, and so it's like, when I think about, that's when that transition really happened. You gotta realize, you gotta make that connection between what you're putting in your body and what you expect to get out. And if, if what you're putting in is not, you know, what you wanna get out or jiving with what you wanna get out, I mean, you gotta fix that mismatch and, and, get, re- and get realistic with your diet. Because food is fuel. <laughs> and is food always just fuel for you or is it, or sometimes is it still purely pleasurable for you? Oh, it's definitely, ple- I mean, you can find, that's the thing is like, we can find pleasure in, in, in food. Like I love having chocolate here and there, but you got to watch, you have to watch volume and you have to disconnect. You kind of have to disconnect food from emotion a little bit too, because a lot of times we think we deserve to have to have the world, you know, from, from a food standpoint, but if we reward ourselves in other ways, I think that's, that's, that's a healthier relationship with food. So is that the way you disconnect it? You, you find a reward in a different way? Yeah. I, I try to find my reward in different ways for sure. And like, whether it's an experience or spending time with people or, you know, it's, it's not necessarily just food and, and a quick way to sabotage your training session is just to go stuff your, stuff your mouth with junk after, after a training session, you know, that's, not going to help you. It's going to put you back. And you just spent the entire training session trying to make gains. So you got to, I mean, it's fundamental. So I asked the Atlanta Peloton Facebook group what they might have wanted to hear from you. (laughs) I heard about this through the grapevine. Oh, you heard about this. Okay, great. Well, lots of good questions there. You may have seen a preview, but I'm going to read this one exactly as Rosa wrote it. And the question is, what are your current go-to Snacky snacks. Oh my goodness. Besides bananas. She's using your words there. <laughs> oh, my favorite go-to snacky snacks. That's hilarious. Well, let me think about that. Banana and almonds, like when I'm studying, those are like clutch. I love it. And then let's see here. Snacks. My wife, my wife's a big chip person, so she's always got chips around. And so every once in a while I sneak a chip in. <laughs> Just one. No, just a few, just a few. I'm trying to think of other snacks. Really just fruits. And one of my favorite snacks, honestly, is getting uh, fresh vegetables with hummus. That is like the best snack ever. Do that and some fruit. Like we love having like different types of fruit around. Like for example, uh, I just did, you know, we did, bought a bunch of mango stein, mangosteens as well as lychee. I love those fruits. And, and that's just a, it's a fantastic snack. But the other thing too is if you're gonna have a training session, you can't have like something that's gonna sit in your gut and make you feel terrible. Fresh fruits, uh, fruits and vegetables are really the way to go. We get this question from Kate, which I'll paraphrase. How do you motivate yourself to run on days when you don't want to? Well, I think it's important to listen to your body and understand, you know, when you when you don't want to, well, why is it? Why is it that you don't want to? Is it because you had a bad sleep? Is it because your nutrition's not dialed in? Or is it because maybe you're overtraining? And I think you have to really ask your question, the question, well, why do I not feel like this right now? And sometimes, sometimes the answer is don't do it. Sometimes the answer is don't run. But oftentimes, you know, there's something else in our lives that we need to fix. And you have to decide, well, okay, well, if, there, if this isn't what I want to do, but I need to do it, then you, you, can, re, you can realize that the, the need is there to do it. And one thing, you know, 
you learn in athletics is if you want to achieve something, you have to do it. And a lot of athletes are really good at saying, well, this has to get done if I want this to happen. So you just need to do it. Get tough, have discipline. But also, if you find yourself not wanting to do things, you need to, you need to look into that. You need to dive in and why. Otherwise, it's like, well, do you want your goal that bad? Is it that important? Or do we need to you know, have another self-talk? Several people wanted to know, um, are there Atlanta food spots that you just have to hit while you're here? Oh, that's a great question. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Um, I hope to, I hope to hit them, but you know, we, I, 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 I'm, I'm traveling with the family right here, so we'll see. I'll, I'll name some names. I, you know, I, I was just with the, the, at the headquarters here at Atlanta, uh, in Atlanta with Peloton, uh, meeting some of our engineers. I go, you know, where's everyone going for barbecue right now? And, you know, in my head, it was fat mats when I was, when I was here. Uh, in Atlanta. And so everyone's like, still fat mats. I'm like, all right, well, I got to go. And then, um, you know, the cheesecake at Cafe Anamenso. I have not had that. Oh, that was so good. I, I love sweets. So I, maybe I'll sneak in one of those. I don't know. And then uh, what else is there? There's, oh, Flying Biscuit, of course, is good. And then my favorite, my uh, team's favorite breakfast spot was the uh, Highland Bakery with their sweet potato pancakes. I love I love those. Oh my goodness! So that place has blown up since I was here. Hey, did I see you get a chance to meet uh, Spencer Strider? I did, and that was so much. I could talk to him for ages. Talk about people who are dialed into their workout. I mean, he's notoriously great at sticking to it, even in the off season. I talked to a lot. I actually talked a lot about his uh, talked with him a lot about his training. I felt like I was interviewing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, what did you learn from him, or what did he learn from you? Oh my gosh, we had such a great time. He gave me a lot of tips on like throwing baseballs. Obviously, I once talked about the different grips because I I grew up playing baseball before I ever got into you know running and everything else. And um, you know, I told him. You know, I asked him about his training strategy. Well, number one, like how he got started. When did he, when did he realize he, baseball was really what he was going to go for, which is fascinating. He, was, he told me he was three years old and he's like, I, I knew baseball was going to be it for me. And, you know, I go, when did you start first working with a coach? And he goes, not until high school, which means he was self-taught through all that time. And then through high school, he got, he was lucky enough to work with one of the top high school coaches in the country who made a big difference with him. And then, you know, I, we start talking about his training regiment now and just similar to, to what we talk about for endurance athletes in the off season is going, you know, big on heavy, heavy weights, also working on endurance, but in the, in the, in the on season, he's got to taper that off a little bit and focus on more just muscle activation, taking care of what he's built in the off season. And a lot of times, you know, pitching and going through games is helping him with his, with his cardio, but he is, that man is training constantly. Yeah, it shows, it shows. He's an athlete through and through. And uh, I really appreciated, like had a wonderful conversation. He's really dialed in with the why behind what he does and he's, his attention to detail. He's, he's gonna have a, a long, wonderful career. Matt Wilpers, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me. Thanks so much for having me. This is a, a, an honor and a, and a pleasure. I much appreciate it. And that is it for this edition of Georgia Today. Thank you so much for joining us. If you want to learn more about any of these stories, 
visit our website, gpb.org news. And make subscribing to Georgia Today one of your New Year's resolutions. It's easy to do, helps you stay on top of the news. We will be back in your podcast feed tomorrow if you do. And if you've got feedback or a story idea, let us hear it. The best way to contact us is by email. The address is georgiatoday at gpb.org. I'm Peter Biello. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.